Welcome to Wandering in Hope. Now here's Madisonville Church of God pastor, Josh Benson. Hello everybody, this is Pastor Josh. Uh, we're going to move on to the next fruit of the Spirit. Uh, we're in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. I'm going to read that to you. I hope that last week that you kept yourself in check, you took inventory, you had a daily reminder that said, hey, make sure you're loving people today. Alright, so we're going to move to joy this week. I want you to keep a personal inventory. Make a note, Google Calendar, post it on your refrigerator, uh, maybe an accountability partner uh, who will check in with you daily and say, hey, did you do this today? Were you this kind of person? Alright, we're going to be checking ourselves for joy this week. All right. Galatians 5.22 says, uh, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such things there is no law. Alright, so we're on joy. Um, there are two things that foster joy in a person's life. There's two things that will cause your tree to develop the fruit of joy. All right, I'm going to mention these. I'm going to make some practical applications about them. Uh, I'm going to challenge you in some respects too, in, in, in at least one regard. In Psalms 43, David, uh, the psalmist, prays to the Lord. He says, Vindicate me, God. Plead my cause against the unfaithful nation. Rescue me from those who are deceitful and wicked. You are God, my stronghold. Why have you rejected me? Well, this is pretty powerful. So here you see, I think the number one reason why people fall out, I said fall, I just, no, you don't just fall out of joy, sorry. Joy is a choice. Why people decide to be unhappy, all right? Why people decide to not have joy in their life. I'm not going to say that this is a good thing, but I will admit that it's normal. And I've been through it myself. What we see here with, with Psalms 43 is that a human being can have a torn soul. You can be divided emotionally, even between your heart and your mind. and You, know, you can be divided. You can be torn in two. He says, in one, on one hand, he says, God... I'm looking to you. you got to help me. And then on the other hand, he says, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? We do this. It's, I'm going to say it's just normal. It's, you're going to go through it. There's going to be times in your life when you're like, Oh man, I, I'm praying to God on Tuesday and then Wednesday I'm questioning if God even exists. It happens to the best of us. All right? doesn't mean you're losing, all right? What it means is we've got to get to a place where we make up our mind. We've got to eventually get to a place where we stand our ground, okay? Here's how we do that, and here's how we find joy. I want to read something to you. Um, persecution in the early church, we talk about it some. Uh, per persecution in, in the early church in the New Testament era was largely... Uh, relegated to just just pockets of experience, okay? Um, there was no 
empire-wide Roman persecution of Christians until really the third century with Decius. And Decius uh, basically looked at the Roman Empire. He was an emperor. He said, oh man, this place is in a mess. We got to straighten this up. So his bright idea was what we'll do to bring solidarity back to the Roman Empire, we'll outlaw, outlaw all the religions that won't participate in the imperial cult. So basically, this is what he did. He said, if you won't worship me, the emperor, and you won't subscribe to Rome, Rome is your, as your grand religion, all right, then, hey, you're outlawed. We're going to throw you in jail. We'll put you, to, uh, put you to death if we need to, all right? Well, they were excavating some of these old ruins, some of these uh, jail cells that these early Christians and what have you were in during that time. And they actually found a letter. They pieced that letter back together and this is what it said. Check this out. It says, it's a bad world. An incredibly bad world. So here's this third century person. They're in this jail Surrounded by believers, he's like, man, this is a bad place. The world is a terrible place. He says, but I have discovered in the midst of it a quiet and holy people who have learned a great secret. They have found a joy which is a thousand times better than any pleasure of our sinful life. They are despised and persecuted, but they care not. They're masters of their souls. Listen to this. I'm going to come back to this. This is powerful. He says they are masters of their souls. They have overcome the world. These people are the Christians. And I aspire to be one of them. Oh my goodness. The most powerful witness you'll ever have in your life is that you have joy with the Lord. Yeah. Everybody loves something. Everybody's going to be patient from time to time with something because they want something on the other end of it. Everybody's going to play the part of being kind from time to time. It's just a game, but they'll play that game because they want something in return. Everybody will be forbearing from time to time because, hey, there's something in it for us. Think about it. But joy, joy comes from a heart that is grounded in their identity with God. He says, I want to be like them. If you, want to, if you want to be a positive witness, you could have all the theology in the world. You could have all the doctrine in the world. You could, have, have, you could go to church every Sunday morning, run around the pews backwards with your eyes closed, screaming in whatever language you want to. And drink the Kool-Aid afterwards. But if you don't have joy, people are not going to buy in to what you're pushing. People are going to say, yeah, look at how fake God is. All right? Okay, what do we do here? So the psalmist does two things. Number one, he prays. Who would have ever thought that praying would bring you joy? Huh? Hey, listen, there's been a lot of times in my life I had a problem, and the first person I called was somebody who couldn't do a thing about it. <laughs> And you expect them to make you happy, right? We do this. We do this when we gossip all the time. 
We've got a saying at work. We say, you know, we, we have like a zero tolerance policy at work with gossip. Here's how we define gossip. Gossip is talking to somebody about a problem and that somebody can't do anything about the problem. Oh, think about that. Now that will burn you. We've all done that. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's true. What it does is it just deepens your anguish. It's just spinning a rut. You're just spinning. It's like if you've ever been in a truck. And you know, I remember one time my brother and I, we were duck hunting in rice fields in Arkansas. And it came a, it came a terrible rain. And we was like, man, I, we had decoys. It was like 100 decoys. We didn't want to carry them all the way to the pit out there in the flooded rice field. So I had this bright idea. I'm going to drive my truck as far out as I can and we'll park. Well, I didn't get very far. And I wound up having to pay to have some local guy uh, walked out to a house, had somebody call somebody that knew somebody, knew somebody else, who came out, and they hooked this hooked a big uh, uh, diesel dually truck up to my truck and pulled it out of that muck. But I got that thing so stuck, and I got it stuck because I kept trying. I was in that rut, and I kept pressing that gas. Man, we was rocking that thing. We was doing it. We even hooked the four wheeler up to it. <laughs> We were desperate. But every time I'd spin my tires, I was just creating suction. It was pulling me deeper into that old loamy, wet soil that Arkansas is known for. This is what we do when we talk to other people about our problems and the things that don't make us happy. We just dig in our rut deeper and deeper and it suctions you down. And it doesn't want to let hold of you. Quit talking to your neighbor about what so-and-so did that offended you. Quit talking to your colleague at work about what so-and-so did out in the field that you didn't think was right. Go to the person upstairs. Talk to that person. As a Christian in your life, when you have issues, when you have things that prick at you and that want to take your joy, you need to quit talking to Mamma. Uh, well, I'm not saying that talking to Mamma is bad. We all love Mamma, right? Um but but don't spend all your time talking to Mamma. Don't just talk to Dad about it. Don't just talk to your best friend about it. You need to talk to God. Go to the Lord. Alright? Go to the Lord. Okay. Here's the second thing He does. This will blow your mind. And I'm going to say something about this. And some of you out there are probably going to say, Oh, I don't know if I agree with that, preacher. And that's okay. Just... Think about it and check it out. All right. Oh, here's what he does. So he prays to the Lord. And he's praying that God would let him be illuminated. That God would give him illumination. That he would light his spiritual eyes up. That he could see the truth. That he could see hope. All right. The other thing that he does is that he, he actually talks to himself. <laughs> now, not the way that my dad talks to himself. Uh, my dad gets mad, you know, he'd be like, this wrench, this, you know, take this wrench and I'm bust this. You know, he talks to himself when he gets angry. I love you, Dad. <laughs> Sometimes Dad talks to himself and he's not even upset. Now, that's when it's scary. <laughs> it's like, Dad, I mean, man, come on. But he talks to himself to... How can I say this? To empower himself in a practical way. All right. Uh, 
used to have this family member that I always felt really nervous when I was in the room with them. It was like, you better watch what you say. Because they were all the time saying, you, you might say, man, I'm feeling like I got a headache. And they'd be like, don't speak it on you. You know? And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, it's like a bowl of lightning hits you out of nowhere. They're like, don't speak it on you. And you're like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, man, I didn't mean to. You know, there's, a, there's an old proverb in Scripture that says that the power of life and death is in the tongue. And there are people that take that Scripture and they turn it into this magical wand like Harry Potter has and you know in the movies and, bzz, 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 and just goes around zapping bam 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 like this magical thing if you actually read that entire proverb you'll see that he talks about being a good person <laughs> it's not at all about magically uh, magically uh, incurring things upon yourself because you spoke something in the English language or whatever. It's actually talking about how you need to watch the way you talk to people and watch the words that you use and the sentences that you make with them uh, because people judge your character based on it. And he talks just about being a good, being a, being a good citizen in the economy of life. Um, so, you know, I think that passage is really misinterpreted. I wish... I wish that life was like that, that life was like a magical game. And I could just say, I need a Ferrari. And I get a Ferrari. Or that sometimes, if I ever get a headache, uh, I rarely do, but if I get a headache once or twice a year, whatever, I could just, just, I could just walk around just saying, I don't have a headache. I don't have a headache. I don't have a headache. You know what that is? I'll tell you what that is. That's, that's somebody who wants to be so spiritual that they deny the reality of their earthen existence. Man, that's not even practical. It's a false security. How about instead of saying, well, I don't have a headache when you do have a headache, why don't we pray like this? God, I have a headache. And I would, I, I, I believe that you can heal me. I wish that you would heal me. I'm praying, God, I pleading with you to heal me but God if you don't and I have to have this headache for two more days then I pray that you find glory out of it in Jesus name so he, he speaks to himself but not in the magical way that you hear people talk about you know like don't speak it on you <laughs> and I love it I love all them people they're good people maybe they know something I don't know okay but my opinion, based on Scripture, is that we talk to ourselves this way. He says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? He speaks to himself to cause himself accountability. He's reminding himself that he needs to stand up with integrity and honor before God and trust in the Lord. No matter what God's plan may be, no matter what's coming down the pipeline, he says, hey, get it together. Stand up and believe in the Lord. I want to tell you today that there's no magic exit to your problems.
I feel like I'm talking to somebody. I know this sounds cliche. I'm not one of those TV preachers, but I'm going to tell you, I feel like somebody here in this right now needs to hear what I'm, I'm about to tell you. There are no magic exits for your problems in your life. You're gonna have, Some of them will last two days, some of them will last two years. But God said He never put more on you than you could bear. And if God won't put more on you than you can bear, you can show joy all through the midst of your trial. You tell yourself. You quit waiting on somebody to come along and tell you it'll be alright. Quit waiting on somebody to come along and say, hey, I bear witness that this is going to be okay or somebody to prophesy or somebody to try and lead you in the right direction. Stand up on your own under the power and conviction of the Holy Ghost and say, I am going to have joy. I am going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. you know why? Because the joy of the Lord, not my magical wand, the joy of the Lord, is my strength. <laughs> this is Pastor Josh. We're going to be moving through the fruit of the Spirit. Hang on with me. Let's go through all these together. They're helping to shape me. I realize on a weekly basis that there are things here that I need to work on. Would you make this journey with me? We'll finish them out over the course of time. We'll have fun doing it. Check out the podcast, Wandering in Hope. We love you, and I'd like to see you in church sometime. God bless you.